Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the next edition of Birds All Day, your only Toronto Blue Jays podcast worth a good goddamn. Uh, my name is Drew Fairservice. That, that's not true, is it? Yeah. There are other good podcasts. Yeah, Lots of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's true. I'm sure that's true. I don't. I don't think that it's true at all. That that, that ours is the only good one. Ours is the best one. Let's not fuck around here. Ours <laughs> is the only one that begs you for money. Be- begs you for money, which we haven't done. We haven't been doing. Or either we haven't been begging, or people haven't been giving. <laughs> no, that's not true. The people who have yeah. been giving have been giving ever so graciously. Yes, absolutely. Uh, as I said, Drew Fairservice joined, of course. Old reliable, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I'm doing all right. No special guest this week. Sad. The bar has been set pretty high with the Dow and the Zoobs. And Paul F. Tompkins. Is, well, uh, that's the that's the ultimate bar that we have yeah. to cross eventually when Paul, uh, or when our schedules can align. Yeah, we'll get on it. We'll get it. It'll uh, happen. So we're talking about your Toronto Blue Jays, who are, um, I don't even know. Uh, there's a part of me that wants to say that your Toronto Blue Jays are tough to, to nail, that peg down, tough to figure. But they're not. They're really easy. They're mediocre. They have like an all-world offense with five guys. They have five really good players on their team, and that's about it. Yeah, that's pretty close to about it. Yeah, those are, they're really good players. They're well, absurdly yeah. good players. Well, Reyes is okay, uh, but yeah, the the other the other four are quite outstanding, like MVP capable ish guys in a world where Mike Trout doesn't exist. Obviously, uh, yeah, a little mediocre though. Rotation, yeah. Bullpen, uh, outfield, dog shit. We'll talk about all that. Uh, they, today's are on the road now after a, what seemed like an endless homestand. I guess it was only 10 days though, right? Yeah, 10 fun-filled days. What are they, 5 and 5? Something like that. Seems I, like exactly even that the kind good. of thing, yeah. Yeah. But they... And finished three games back in the division. <laughs> or whatever the, it was. The, four. They're four games out in the Yankees of all goddamn teams. Who went? Who are like one? Who are like lost eleven or twelve at one point? Yeah, still up there in first place. Well, it's because the Rays are garbage and the Red Sox are garbage and the Orioles are garbage and everybody's garbage. Everybody's garbage. The yeah. Orioles are actually garbage. I think they're bad. They have bad players. Yeah, I think they do have bad players. Wow. I think there's just a lot of bad players in the league right now because it's it's. I think it's cheaper to pay bad players than to pay good ones. So. I mean, that's my big. My, <laughs> that could be part. Of I'm it. unveiling my grand collusion <laughs> scheme here, in that they just don't pay the good ones. Right. That there are good ones sitting at home, not making any money. I didn't know we were going to talk about Barry Bonds this episode. <laughs> we're talking about blacklisted ball players. <laughs> uh, but no, we're going to talk about uh, the pitching. The pitching is the big thing. I think we'll just, we're going to continue to talk about the pitching uh, until it fixes itself, which it almost looked like it so, kind of did. So, sometime in 2016, you're saying? Yeah. Well, maybe. <laughs> no, Someone's got to take their money before we can before they can make the pitching better. Or they, well, I don't know. Jeff Hoffman going to ride in. Jeff Hoffman going to ride in after one and a half, like two starts and in what, low A? Yeah. No, high A. Right? He's in Florida in the Florida yeah, State League, yeah. so that's high A. Yeah. Of Starts of what, of charitably described as a mixed bag? Yeah, I think so. He's coming. He's coming back off Tommy John. He'll get it. He'll get it together. He'll get it in time for the for the stretch run uh, in 2016. Yeah, there you have it. Um, so maybe we'll talk about the encouraging trip to the rotation that featured a complete game. We talked about. Then we may have, we may have talked about that last time yeah. with the Dow. Still, might as well talk about it. It's, but now it's the only good thing that's going to happen in this rotation for a while. I think we're going to maybe soak our dicky in our piss. 
possible. Yeah. There's, a, there's a chance that might happen. Uh, and we'll talk about uh, the position players and Jose Bautista needing to get healthy in a hurry, I think. Because there are moving parts <laughs> all yeah. around him. We're also going to encourage you, uh, thank you, everyone who uh, contributes to the Patreon campaign. Of course, head over to Patreon, patreon.com slash birdsallday. Uh, there is a link on andrewstoughton.com. So go over, if you haven't already, um, make a contribution. It would really help us out. We really appreciate it. And if you have already, thank you. And don't worry, we aren't ignoring all the things we kind of half promised to do. We're going to do all those things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to do things. We're just giving giving people more of a chance to to get on board, get get drinking with us with that big contribution. That's exactly it. Yeah. That's exactly it. And, uh, of course, we, we are on iTunes now and have been for a few weeks. So you can head over to iTunes. You can subscribe there. You can rate and review. Give it a little thumbs up if possible. We'll take that. We'll yeah, take that. And, sure. of course, the SoundCloud thing is still out there. If you're more of that way, you're not trying to get into Steve Jobs' <laughs> coffin and yeah. roll around with his bones. Yeah. Uh, so do those things. And in keeping with that spirit, before we get started, we're going to do what we do. And we're going to thank some people. People who apparently look forward to hearing their name butchered. Yeah. I, this week, I think we're okay. I think we don't have any uh, any names that are going to get butchered. I think we'll be good this week. Don't you, don't you put it past me. If there's an opportunity to butcher a name. I, there's a couple. There's a couple for you. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get started here. going to thank send our thanks out to Jeff Mitchell, John, uh, John Mather, uh, Mathieu Rivard, Jeff Lewis, and David Benob. Uh, also to Neil Riostant, to Brian... Uh, Eric Hartman, uh, excellent on, on the Twitter box. Uh, Jacob Marshall and Eric Anthro, also excellent on the Twitter. Uh, some some long-time readers there, and we thank you very much. Thank you very much. We'll be right back on this edition of Birds All Day. All right, so I want to start off talking about uh, Ari Dickey. Uh, I have been a bit of a, I don't know, defender of Ari Dickey. I have bent my preferences to reflect Ari Dickey's skill set at times, being like innings pitched is the most underrated stat for pitchers. Yeah. Uh, but right now, it's becoming increasingly challenging to defend Ari Dickey. Not that, not to take away from what he did, but now he's 40. And he's worse than he has been. And also, Noah Syndergaard is in the big leagues. And he is fucking killing it. Yeah, a little bit. So this is where the whole... It's so easy to lose track of the big picture. But at the same time, as I wrote about today... I don't think I've written anything in fucking months. It's been a while, yeah. That it's... In some ways, it's like... I can bend over backwards explaining it. You know, trying to make excuses. Being like, well... He's throwing 500 innings for the Blue Jays, which is fucking great. Nobody else was going to take that. Was going to is going to pitch those innings. Like those yeah. innings weren't weren't. There isn't another pitcher who would have accomplished that, and that's not nothing. And if they and if there were, they probably would have been worse than him, worse than the 2014 and 13 version of him. There's a very good chance. Yeah, because not by a whole well a lot, but. 
there whoever you like cobbled together to take those innings. But yeah, yeah so but but no the the point being. No, Syndergaard wasn't pitching those innings. Yes, that's entirely true. And yeah. if you took the money you spent on Dickey, you're not getting somebody. It'd be hard to find someone of a of equal quality? Question mark. That that's the question. Okay, maybe maybe that's the question that's worth asking. Could you have found an innings eater for Ari Dickey's money that would still allow you to have Noah Syndergaard in your back pocket? Probably could have done okay. Maybe. Yeah. Not one with the uh, you know the Cy Young pedigree and the hope that that was going to continue and the thoughts of well if he's in a, pitching in a dome then that you know the lack of the wind is going to maybe make the the knuckleball better. We've watched two whole games where he pitched in a dome or one game and think oh you know mm-hmm. what he was so great maybe that's because of the dome effect and and et cetera et cetera that uh, that led us down that path and uh, yeah you I mean you wouldn't have got all that with it all the, which you know mm-hmm. obviously amounted to. Very little. I mean, I look at it. I think about okay. You could have, you could have signed Phil Hughes. Maybe Phil Hughes got three years, twenty-four million dollars ahead of last season, mm-hmm. coming off of a disgracefully bad twenty thirteen. Right? He was very bad in twenty thirteen. Phil Hughes. Yeah. He only made. Yeah. He just wasn't good. He only threw one hundred and forty-five innings, made thirty starts. He was bad. And that's only one. And that's only one year. Then you get, and so you get the good year of Phil Hughes that he gave them last year. Then they gave signed him an extension, and now he's kind of bad again. But like that's just an example of a guy who Dickie only makes what thirteen million bucks a year. Yeah, twelve. Twelve. So that's really kind of nothing. In, in the, yeah, in in the baseball economy, yeah, that's, that's nothing in terms of the who could we just throw money at? Yeah, as compared to what 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 are we going to have to give up to get a guy? Yeah. I mean, and that's sort of an overlooked part of why that deal uh, was so well-received at the time, even though it was a little bit less well-received than the Miami one, is that, you know, he got him on this extension that, you know, this is a Cy Young guy, this is a guy who, because of the nature of what he's throwing, the knuckleball, shouldn't age that poorly, shouldn't maybe age as poorly as he has, or at least how, how he's looked in the first, you know, eight, ten starts, whatever it's been so far this year. Uh that's it was dirt cheap it was an ex, you know an, an outstanding uh extension at the time based on what his track record was based on the fact that this was the Cy Young winner and and you don't know, expect it to just completely fall off a cliff i don't know then which i don't think he did it's just you know he was maybe never the guy that he really you know that he looked like in 2012 and has sort of regressed naturally beyond that point and was maybe a little more uh it was a little more perilous than people wanted to believe about, uh, or maybe that I wanted to believe, I guess, about you know what the velocity meant to what he, you know, he how he pitched and you know how the you know it's like it was easier to think at the time. Well, he's only throwing 84, 80, 85 tops. You know, it's not like it's not like you're banking on a power arm who is who mm-hmm. could just like completely lose it and have to relearn how to pitch, but. As much as it wasn't sort of max effort stuff, it is. It's still velocity that he doesn't seem to be able to hold and keeps dropping, and that is making him a different kind of knuckleball pitcher than the guy who we saw in 2012, who was striking guys out and who was, you know, who came here with the hype that he is a different knuckleball pitcher because he's throwing it harder, and that's making it uh, a completely different animal than you know the guys you know that you remember as a kid who just threw those those slow wacky things that mm-hmm. uh, that. You know, they kind of hoped to just would find a glove when it inevitably got put in play and made bad contact. You know, he was a, a, a guy who could induce swing and miss, which has now sort of dried up a bit. Oh, it's completely dried up. And I mean, even 
I think everyone went in with their eyes open and saying he's not going to be, even if he's not 2012 R.A. Dickey, which was everything working together. The knuckleball is such a weird, has such a weird dynamic that, that he just, it was all these different factors combined to make him almost unhittable for the whole year. He had a 12.5% swing and miss rate, which he isn't even coming close to, hasn't come close to uh, at all. But even, even... 2010, 2011, Dickey, who didn't strike out nearly as many guys, but he was still fine. He was still a very good pitcher, but he's he was he's a much better pitcher than he is now. He didn't walk as many guys, and he still did was able to prevent home runs decently. And you can chalk that up to being in the National League or being in a bigger ballpark. I might chalk it up to getting to face a lot of pitchers a little bit. There's an element of that, but it's just it. He just hasn't been as effective. There's no other yeah. way to look at it, and and. And also, I mean, and also, yeah, he was in New York where before they moved the fences in, as opposed to this crazy joke stadium that we Well, and he was also in. 35 and 36 yeah. and 37 as opposed also to 38, that. 39 and also 40, that. right? Where, where I, I, so I wrote that thing and I, I had this interview I did with Dickie last year that I hadn't ever used and I went back and listened to it and that's kind of where I got some of the stuff that I right. wrote about today. And he talks about how he, he's tried to throw it at the beginning, like normal knuckleball style when he was first learning. And then he was like, well, I still got some pretty good arm strength, he thought, relative to those other guys. So that's why he decided to try to throw it harder. And he tinkered and tinkered and tinkered and, and fucked with it, and it turned into something that it, that it worked. And now he's, I feel like he's at the same state right now, where he's just tinkering and tinkering and trying to hold it together. Mm. He's trying to hold water in his hands, though, unfortunately. <laughs> trying yeah. to, oh, we got to shorten my stride. And, and that's, uh, inter- interestingly, that's something that he said in that, in that uh, interview that I did with him, and then... It's something we talked about the last time, yeah. where he was. They were watching video, and Pete yeah. Walker was like, "Oh, you got to st- shorten your stride." This is something you did with the, with the Mets and whatever. And they talked about that on the broadcast a bunch. Of, you know, during mm-hmm. uh, maybe not the game this week, mm-hmm. or the, maybe this one or the last one. I can't remember about you know just trying to be straighter towards the plate and not fly open as much. And uh, yeah, looking mm-hmm. at those tinkering things that you know aren't necessarily a really good sign. It's just it's inevitable. It's it's how. All pitchers are going to be, but it's you're, we're talking about a pitch that is so fickle, right? And a body that's fickle, a body that's forty years old, and now he's basically hasn't played. He hasn't made. He's been making thirty four starts a year, bless his heart. But this is now five years of six years of him making all those starts, and he's still just trying to he's trying to figure it out and how to survive. So I think it's okay to feel like it's a disappointment, though. That's that's the thing that that you can. Look at the innings that he's pitched, and look at how valuable those innings are. And throwing five, the five hundred innings he's thrown till now, that he's going to get close to you know six hundred by the time the year is over. That's amazing, really. It's some, it's something really valuable. But it isn't what they paid for. It yeah. isn't what they thought. What they were, what they thought they were going to get going into it. They thought they were going to have a better picture, a better picture. And it looks so much worse now at the end of the deal, where like. When you sign him to a three-year deal, you think, okay, the third year is going to be the worst of the bunch, probably, when it, with a guy who's yeah. who will be 40 by the, that time comes, and there's another option for next year. But we're here in it now, and they didn't win in those other years, and they, it almost looks like the pitching is, or the hitting is even better. Like, they've, they've just loaded up on offense, being like, we're not going to pitch that well. Maybe, like, if we want to kind of use hindsight and apply logic to how to some of the moves that, that Anthopolis made in the offseason. Like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's go get Josh Donaldson. Let's hit a thousand home runs this year. Let's score a thousand runs. Because yeah. we're gonna need it. Because, you know, even if everybody works the chances of all three of these kids coming out and blowing the doors off of the world and Hutchison and Burley and Dickey, that's a bit of a, a 
a dicey proposition. So let's just score as many runs as we can. Uh, he's just, he, right now. He's just not even doing that. Yeah, like, no, he's not even being the an innings eater, five and dive guy that 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 can that can cheat his way to wins. Like Aradiki's a kind of guy for whom the win stat is important. I think because that's that's all he's there to do. Right, just pitch a game. That's what they thought about with. I mean, the Red Sox used Wakefield like that at the end. Just give yeah. me innings. I don't care how bad they are. Just give them to me. And that's ridiculous. And it's kind of it sucks. It does. It definitely sucks. You're definitely right that it's you know. Of course, you're gonna be disappointed. It's been a it's been a horrible disappointment. The whole the whole contract and the whole tenure that he's been you know been here and and fans get frustrated. He's one. It's, it's so easy to get frustrated with him. Uh, just because of the nature of how he pitches, just because it's like you're you're it looks like you're lobbing it in there, and and if it if it doesn't do its proper little dancing around before it gets to the zone, he's just throwing meatballs up for people, and that's you know that's what happens when you you know you see the results of that all the time, and it seems now more frequently, and uh, you know it, it, you did also mention though the previous two years, which I think are. You know, could have absolved a lot of the sins of the bottom of this contract, and and even him coming here and not being the guy that he was in 2012 was if either of those years years had been anywhere close to what the Jays thought they would be. You know, if they were in the playoffs one of those years, if they if they even were in more of a race in one of those years, that might have changed things. Probably not if they were in a race, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, that could have changed it. But all at the same time, Dickey was brought in to be a part of that and wasn't a part of that mm-hmm. uh and in a lot of ways it's kind of it reminds me of like the gamble that anthopolis took early on with uh with the batista contract because i remember at the time you know parks and i on djf were arguing you know what like you, you might want to get some value for this guy while you can like where is this organization going and, and and you know you're seeing this guy just hit a ton of home runs and break out out of nowhere and who knows what kind of an outlier it might be or what it obviously we're very wrong about that, but the Jays kind of uh, went on a little bit of information, what little information they had, and tried to use it uh, to make a, a, a kind of a gamble, a calculated risk, I think, and uh, and it worked out really well for them. And then this Dickey one, uh, you know, there, there wasn't a lot of track record on him as a, as a knuckleballer. Uh, there wasn't a lot of track record on him pitching as well as he did in 2012, and they kind of extrapolated from some of what they saw and, and obviously didn't do a great job of that or didn't... Uh, you know, gambled wrong. It, it, it sucks too, though. Also, you know, I, I mean, of course, it sucks. It's I'm not at least trying to bend over backwards to defend it because I do. It, like I wrote, I've written about this multiple times. I wrote in the post a couple weeks ago. But you know, the I think the deal is still defensible at the time based on what we knew then and what we thought was happening. Even though, even I wrote at the time, you know, it was tough to to come around to thinking, you know, to think being okay about it because I remember at the time we were talking about. You know, oh, are they going to trade Anthony Ghost and JP Arancibia for this guy? Like, we were thinking that kind of prospect. And then it turned out to be these other guys who are, like, you know, to anyone who'd been following the prospects, these were mm-hmm. a completely different level of, of player. And, uh, you know, that that, that was that was bad. But, it, uh, you know, you just... Uh, also talking about getting the innings eaters and the Phil Hughes of the world, I mean, the Jays sort of have to pay a premium to get somebody to come here and to become to a team where they're always sort of second fiddle to the Red Sox and the Yankees, and we know the whole story about that, and the stadium's bad for a pitcher who wants to you know, re-enter the market as a free agent, and people don't like coming in through the customs, and they're weird about going to a different country, so that's kind of why they've, that's kind of why they've, they've had to... They've got to trade. They have yeah, to they trade. have to trade, or they have to grow their own pitchers, which they did a pretty good job of with that Syndergaard guy, but then they, uh, they kind of 
fuck that up a little bit. I think you could give the Mets credit for. Oh yeah, the Mets deserve yeah, credit absolutely. for turning it because yeah. that was. It's so easy when it when you when a when then whenever your team trades a prospect, it inst- the instantly conversation becomes all the things that he's lacking. Where well yes. maybe Syndergaard's going to be a late late inning reliever because the secondary stuff isn't as good, and the Mets to their credit have you know really helped to play help him play that up, and they worked hard with him in Las Vegas of all fucking places yeah. to develop a pitch other than his curveball, right? And now he's coming out here and he's pitching really well. He's hitting fucking home runs. <laughs> it's just Lord. it's it's absurd. The Dicky thing reminds me in a way. Uh, you'll have to pardon me here. Um, it reminds me of both two different guys who have won rings with the Giants. It reminds me of Barry Zito, where Zito at the end was right. so bad, <laughs> but just they just kept throwing him out there until they absolutely could not anymore. That's, and then they were forced that's dark man. <laughs> but then they were forced into it, and then yeah. Zito pitched that amazing. I think pitched it was game in the, three in the World Series. No, so he started series, game yeah. one of the World yeah, Series. That was insane. Uh, and then even last year, Lincecum. Like, you look at Lincecum, Tim Lincecum, for, for the last three years, he's been mostly terrible. Yeah. But he goes out every other, every fifth day until they get to the point where they, they can't do it anymore. And, they, like, last year, he didn't make as many starts. But it's, like, 2012, 2013, 2014, Lincecum just goes and starts and sucks, mostly. Other than when, when he's pitching no-hitters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which he did in 2013 and 2014. But it's almost like that. Like, Dickie's... I feel like right now he's a, of that echelon of a pitcher. Like he's a sub fifth. He's a fifth starter who is thought of as more than that and paid as more than that. And that really makes it difficult to swallow. And it's unfortunate because the, those other guys, the Zitos and Lincecum, or or you know the, whoever was the fifth starter on the Red Sox in 2013, for example, or these shitballers that were at the back of the Cardinals rotation, they have support. Or the Jays. Don't have any support. No. They have Mark Burley, who's like the rich man's version of Dickey. He's like he's the left-handed Dickey, yeah. right? He's the same guy, same numbers essentially. Completely different expectations, though. So yeah, everyone, so everyone loves the fact that Dick Dickey is reliable, and he goes out and he chugs and he throws two hundred innings and he just does his thing. Burley goes, is yeah. Burley, Burley, and Dickey's the same guy, but Dickey was supposed <laughs> to be more. Yeah. Dickey didn't cost them, you know. Burley on his own didn't cost them this big prospect, who's now come to it, come yeah. to roost. Travis Darno probably kind of sucks and will always be hurt. Uh, he's, he might be okay. But also, he might always be hurt. Yeah. Uh, and at, this, at the same time, I have to say before we move on, uh, you know, just... Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to sound... It's going to ring hollow. It's going to sound like, you know, stupid Homer bullshit. But, like, I don't know. We're talking about him when? In, in the end of May. He, start, he struggled off the top. He's, he's had some good starts. Uh, he had then, a good start. He's had, I think he's had a couple good starts at least. I'm not Mike Wilner here because uh, I'm not ridiculous, but it, uh, but, but like he he's had a few good starts at least a couple good starts. Um, and we're it's easy to talk like this and talk so negatively about it at a low ebb, where I think there may still be a chance of him not obviously getting back to 2012 levels ever. You know, with this team on this contract. Uh, I think it's more realistic, obviously, to talk about are they going to pick up that option at the end of next year, as opposed mm-hmm. to, uh, or at the end of this year, as opposed to to talking about well, can he can he find it again? Can he be you know? I, I think that tra- that ship has sailed, but I think he can still pitch better. I think if you look at some of the swinging strikes, instead of just looking at the overall, there were 
you know, four or five games where he just could not miss a bat. Uh, and then there have been others where it's it's worked a little bit better. And, and you know, if he could put a few more of those together uh, in a row, start moving in that direction, you can see him be more of the guy that we saw in 2013 and 2014, which is still ultimately going to be a huge disappointment to everybody. Uh, but he won't have to be so covered in our piss as he is right now. <laughs> do, you, do you pick up his option? I don't think you can say that right now. I don't know. I mean, well, for one, the budget, we have no idea who's... What, what's the option? It's little, right? I don't know. I think it's just another 12, isn't it? I think it's 12 mm. and a, a million-dollar buyout. It's not... Or maybe it's 13. Whatever it is, it's not much. It's... I mean, part of it is like you have... Like, where, you you kind of could use some depth there, but also it could just end really, really badly. It comes... It's that same conversation again. It's like, okay, so you don't pick it up. And now you're str- looking around like who's going to pitch these 200 innings? Yeah, is it going to be one of these children? The, yeah. One of these children's okay. going to come back and yeah. throw 200 innings? Is going to be Norris? Is going to be Stroman? Going to be? And Burley's going to be gone. Burley's so going to be gone. There's another 200. There's 400 innings you have to pick up. So you're going to maybe four, like maybe not Burley, but you know maybe 420, 440 innings you have to think about. All the fucking kids in the world aren't going to pitch those innings. Well, soon is going to get up to like what 70 this year? Well, well I don't know. If John Gibbons uses them four out of every fucking five days, well, he's the only one who doesn't. He's the suck. only one who can get a goddamn out to save his life. Uh, so we'll leave Ari Dickey drenched in our piss, and we'll move on. Uh, to the rest of the rotation, when said looked pretty good, fair to say. Yeah, the the last couple of turns, ever since that Redmond start, especially, it's kind of it's kind of helped right things. And that was yeah, more more fuel for the give you the best fire. Yeah, absolutely. In, in the trash bag division, you know they don't have to pitch that much with the offense that they have. Got to pitch more than nothing, though. Yeah, well, they're not going to get back to five hundred in one game, but. They can start Whoa. moving in the right direction. <laughs> Michael, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, Aaron Sanchez is kind of pitching okay, right? Like, yeah. is that crazy? Yeah, well, it, no. I think he's got the stuff to pitch okay, but, I mean, it's probably going to be... It'd, it'd be crazy to not think it's going to be two steps forward, one back kind of a thing for the rest of the year, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think anyone thinks he's... Just magically unlocked what he's going to be and is going to be able to continue it. I mean, it's been great watching the walks go down every start, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't think he's—I don't think he's got all the five walk games out of him. Uh, you ready to give up on the Marco Estrada thing? He was okay yesterday. Was he? He was—he was okay. Was he? It's—I mean, you, you could hide a fifth starter better when you don't have four other fifth starters. <laughs> That's kind of the thing, right? <laughs> Uh, and I don't know, he was undone by that stupid Carrera error, losing the ball, not an error, but you know, losing the ball in the sun. One could make the same argument in favor of Robert Allen Dickey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the defense, especially the outfield defense, is a d- fucking mess. Yeah. The outfield is a mess. Uh, you know what? Let's take a break. And we'll come back and we'll talk about that very mess on this edition of Birds All Day, featuring Ari Dickey's urine. Before we get back to birds all day we have to do our important and gracious thank yous 
thank you to Matthew Wadsworth, David Marcotte, 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 I guess, shit, Dwayne Bell, Christopher Collins, and Adam Lee, the also, king on Twitter. Also, Michael Stone, Brandon McLeod, Chris Passmore, David Fortier, or Fortier, I don't know, and uh, Derek Sullivan. Thanks so much, guys. All right, welcome back to Birds All Day, talking about your Toronto Blue Jays, which are half your Toronto Blue Jays and half your Buffalo Bisons right now. And it has been that way for a little bit too long. Yeah. There, yeah. I'm, I'm always... It's so easy to say. It's easy for me to say that I wish that the Jays had acquired a Chris Young type. Chris Young, who has played for the Yankees, who's been fucking really bad for like a month, but he was really good in April... A guy who, if you asked him to, can step in and play every day. Yeah. And he's an outfielder, not someone who's just standing around there hoping the ball gets hit to somebody else. Yeah. Which is the kind of current state of your Toronto Blue Jays outfield. Fuck. Yeah. It's grim. And I say that as someone who has gone on the record uh, supporting Danny Valencia as a person who can hit the shit out of left-handed pitching. I'm okay with Valencia, sure. Uh, Maybe not in right field. No, and Colabello is like you know the king of the batting average on balls in play. Colababip, as you've uh, dubbed him, can't can't take those hits away now. Nope, I will ride that until it yep. stops. And Colabello is a guy who's always shown he can hit. And I know Twins fans were are very much like good to see him getting a chance and good to see yeah. him hitting and stuff. It, the the thumb injury really undid his last year, and, yeah. and so you could kind of not look too seriously on how terrible he was last year. And since he's over the last couple of years of being healthy in AAA and in the big leagues, he's really hit the ball well. Uh, but none of them are outfielders. Neither of them are outfielders. No. Kevin Pillar is uh, really going out of his way to dissolve all the goodwill, his great defense. Oh, I think that's gone. That's gone? I think so, yeah. He has been... He is not a good hitter. No. Um, I mean, that's, that, Isn't that shocking? Well, it's not shocking. And I'm sure that no one is shocked by this. But the big thing with Pilar was always he got these playing time, playing time in chunks and fits and starts. Yeah. So there would be a time where he was bad for a couple of weeks, and it's like, well, it's just two weeks, just three weeks here, or forty at bats or fifty at bats, and then he got another chunk of playing time that was another three weeks or four weeks, and it was good. And people, you know, those of us who are looking for <laughs> right. glimmer of hope, it's like, oh, look at that, that was great. He was great in September. He drew walks and he was doing things that were important. But here we are. He's almost at 200 plate appearances this year, which is uh, basically half, like more than he, he acquired in the almost as many as he acquired in the previous two seasons. And he's been really bad. Awful. Like, Awful. Really, like worse than I. Really bad. Every time I look, he's been. Uh, you know, I remember when we were first making arguments about this, it was like he had a 90 weighted runs created plus. Mm. A 90. And it was like, you know. I remember talking about Anthony Ghosts and being like, well, if that guy can hit just a little bit, like, just, mm-hmm. you know, if he had a, 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 a you know, to, the, to check myself and in my damning of Kevin Pillar, I would, I tried to, I tried to make that. I would reason with myself and be like, you know, if he said, he said that about Ghosts, if he had a 90 weighted runs created plus and played defense the way that he did, you'd totally take that. Uh, and so Kevin Pillar seemed like an okay thing at the time. But. And now it is at, his weighted runs created plus is at, 50. Do you know why that is? 
Because his weighted, weighted runs created plus in May is 16. Yeah, because he's terrible. He's 13. He's got 13, 16 hits in 104 plate appearances. Uh, three extra base hits, two doubles and a triple. Yeah. And 217, the, 256, 299. For the year. Yeah. Uh, That's bad. It's just one of those things where he... It's so difficult for him to 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 overcome the whole you can't hit. Like he hit at every level on the way up and he deserved the shot that he got and he's I'm glad that he has had this opportunity to prove quite frankly without a without much in the way of doubt <laughs> that he's not an everyday player. Yeah. Because that's all you can ever ask for as a player to get that opportunity. He's gotten it. He's going to continue to get it because there's no one fucking coming to save the day. You don't you don't believe in Dwight Smith Jr.? Anthony Alford is where I've hitched my wagon, oh, quite Jesus, frankly. Oh, yeah. He's only in <laughs> low A. He's only in low, he's only in low A with 400 plate appearances. As a pro. Over the, he was drafted in 2011. He's, he's hit the, he's yeah, under but the plate 400 times. A lot of those then. were in Australia. That's true. <laughs> That did that does count though. He wasn't good in Australia either. He, you know, would you was, be good in Australia? No, that is that is an excellent point. I would not be good in Australia. Not, yeah, it's mostly like, because I would be afraid of being in Australia. Did you <laughs> see the thing the other day? Uh, some town in Australia where it was fucking raining spiders. Jesus, raining spiders. Uh, no, but I think- because they shoot these, <laughs> they shoot their their their. Fucking nest, their their silk things. They shoot them up in the air, so the wind catches them, and it was just wind gusts picking up spiders and then raining them down on people. I could not play baseball under those conditions. Also, well, not I, I would I would dare not cast aspersions on Anthony Alford. Obviously, the way he's playing right now, he's very serious about his baseball career. I think you mm-hmm. know he's he's doing his best. He, you know, I, you know, God love him. But uh, I believe the Australian League does not... It's like the Arizona State of, of leagues, basically. It's got a bit of a party league reputation. Oh. I believe. I believe so. Interesting. So that's why I wouldn't go to Australia to maybe studiously... The number baseball. of reasons to not go to Australia is so long. <laughs> and it's not even just like a petrifying fear of strange animals. Uh, I thought you were going to say of like 20-hour flights. Or just Australians as well. Sand. Uh, if I, Anthony Alford, let's be real, he should have just quit football when they moved him out of, off a of quarterback. When they were like, "You're gonna be, you're gonna be safety," I would have been like, yeah. "Cool, I'm gonna play baseball. See you yeah. later. I don't need to get my brain scrambled so much. Yeah, don't need that." Uh, but here he is, and he's playing really well. He's got on base like every game this year or something like that. But he's a long way away. Well, and the fact that we're even talking about him is just shows you how totally garbage the Blue Jays outfield is right now. It's so bad. And so Pilar is going to have multiple opportunities to uh, hang himself with the significant amount of rope that he's been given, which is, again, all you can, all as a player, he can ask for. As a team, at some point, they're going to have to step in and be like, um, Kevin, making a lot of outs, bud. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And you kind of, I think that's why people were, he's, you know, ready to, to uh, glom onto him a bit when he came and started making those fantastic catches and beat out Dalton Pompey, who mm-hmm. has also been terrible at, in AAA. His stats in Buffalo are about as bad as Pilar's stats are in the big leagues right now. That's it's, fun. Yeah, uh, he's he's hurt. I believe he hurt his knee. Um, no damage, but he, though. But no, no damage. He's going to be back soon. He apparently. jammed it or something. But, so he's not riding in anytime soon with his 200 batting average. 
288 on base and delicious 215 slugging percentage in uh, in Buffalo. Spare me your small sample size. Yeah, I care mm-hmm. not. 73 at bat. Hey, that's enough to make Chris Colabello a fucking. Uh, Superstar to a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> I say that, but most people are pretty reasonable. Most, about those it. people are you. You are the one driving the Chris Colabello bus. Hey, I like the Chris. I like the pickup. It's a good pickup. You like it because you were a big on it early on, so you get to come back and be like, I'm, no, "That's right." I'm trying to take. I'm trying to take the fucking piss out of this whole thing. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to be the Colabello guy. Because uh, <laughs> it's it's going. You to, are the Colabello guy. You will going, wear it. You will wear the Colabello thing, uh, but yeah. So Pompey's not a not an option. They gotta they they really need to trade for Carlos Gomez. Carlos Gomez, yeah, go for it. You get in line. <laughs> that line I think is Kyle long. Matt, I think is who wrote about that at uh, Capital J's the other week. Really, it's like I don't know. Cole Hamels ain't waving his no trade here, and you know what are you gonna have to what are you gonna have to get uh, give up to get a bunch of these uh, rental pitchers? Just fucking go get Carlos Gomez. Sure, great, great contract. Give up a shitload. Who cares? Double down on the, like, we're just going <laughs> to yeah. score all the runs. Yeah. I'm okay with that. It's worked well for the Red Sox so far. <laughs> sure has. How it? bad? I can't believe how bad their offense is right now. It's kind of hilarious. Like, they're all bad. Hanley, bad. Hurt, bad. Pablo uh, Pablo Sandoval, bad. David Ortiz, bad. They're it's, all bad. It's delicious. Mike Napoli, bad. Yeah. Who's their catcher? I don't even know. He's bad. <laughs> Uh, but the would you? Oh, maybe uh, maybe they can maybe they want Deanna Navarro. Well, there you go. Thank you, sir. You're you're doing the Lord's work here. Try. Okay, so Deanna Navarro is rehabbing in Buffalo. He caught seven innings the other day. He came to the plate a bunch of times. Uh, Deanna Navarro is going to force multiple decisions, I think, because if when Deanna Navarro comes back, now you got three catchers. Yeah. Because you still need Tolly. The uh, other downside of the R. You think you need Tolly still? I don't know. I don't think so. Fun fact about Josh Tolly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach Greinke, pitcher for the Dodgers, has twice as many career steals as Josh Tolley. <laughs> but he, and he's only four home runs behind. And Greinke, Josh Tolley's hit eight home runs in his career. Didn't Greinke play half his career in the American League? Too? In the American League, yeah. uh, Greinke has four home runs and and uh, four home runs, two home runs, maybe two. Doesn't matter. It's still more than Josh Tolley, or very close to it. Yeah. Josh Tolley has two career steals, and Jesus. Zach Greinke has four. <laughs> no, I think I think Martin goes back to catching Dickey. Yeah. Maybe you can foist Dickey on someone. And then what do you do? But then what do you do? Yeah. But then what do you do? So you got Navarro. Maybe tra- trade them both. Here's a catcher that can't catch him and a yeah, <laughs> and a pitcher perfect. that can't pitch. Perfect. Uh, or the three of them, all three. Then they, they just have no catcher. Now I had an argument with people online. You're going to agree with them, so I shouldn't bring it up. But uh, uh, the other day about Navarro, uh, which is because the trade talk always comes when Navarro comes because because of the Martin Tolly Dicky situation because Navarro requested the trade. Uh, I, going into spring training, and you know all the narrative all throughout was, you know, Gibbons liked him as a bat, liked him off the bench. He, you know, switch hitter was a good pinch hitter, interesting depth mm. option at catcher. Uh, so some people, uh, to put their argument kindly, uh, think that he's at five million dollars too toxic to to bother touching. No team would have taken him on. What? Yeah. See, I thought that was kind of crazy too. That's but, crazy. All right, so you're not going to agree with them. Good, but. He's not good enough to be an everyday catcher for a good team. No, that's true. There are too many teams that have better catchers. Uh, this, this is his, this is his conundrum. But also, I think that the Jays kind of liked having him around. I think they were not trying as hard as they could have to mm-hmm. to trade him. Uh, by the way, pinch hitter, 
Justin Smoke turned himself into quite a nice little pinch hitter in yeah. that he's got four hits as, oh. a, as a pinch hitter. Yeah, why is that? Why why is he why is he not playing every day? Well, then this is it. So <laughs> so Navarro comes back. You got Smoke who's sitting around with his bat up his ass. Basically. You've just got you got Tolly who's twiddle, twiddling his thumbs four days a week because he's unplayable at any other time. Yeah, and now you've got Jose Bautista running around with a jacked up shoulder. Thankfully. He got the totally illegal and in no way cheating cortisone shot in his shoulder. <laughs> and now yeah. he's like, good to go. He's throwing. Not good to go, maybe. That sounds all right, though. I don't know. It can't happen soon enough, though. Get him off DH. Yeah, seriously. Because once, if you move Jose Bautista off DH, then you've only got one. Then you then you have maybe a nice little platoon out there. Yeah. In the outfield with Colabello. Yeah. And oh, they sit on the same <laughs> side, though, don't they? Not, not Ezekiel Carrera. No, he can go rotten hell. <laughs> he can go straight to hell. Yeah. Uh, it's if funny. you're the guy who's out there playing all three outfield positions, catch the fucking ball. That would be a nice start. Catch it. Yeah. Right uh, now, you're like <laughs> sub-Fred Lewis scum flo- floating around out there. A little bit. This is terrible. Uh, and, well, the thing about Batista is... The thing about it's Batista. Like, it's like, well... No, I mean it's great that he's feeling better. I like all that, but it's you hear people all the time like, well, maybe you know, maybe he should be at DH. Maybe you should move him to, to second base. Do something like that. You know, Jose talk, Bautista? Oh, sorry, not second, first base. Oh, Jesus Christ! Yeah, fuck. Uh, and uh, and like, he's actually an okay outfielder. You know, he's he's not getting any younger. Mm-hmm. But you see some of the guys just fucking kicking it around these days, and you're like, <laughs> my God, get Jose back there. Like, he's not, he's by no means perfect, but he is a shade above competent, which is not what they have running out there right now with Steve Tollison et al. <laughs> I will happily defend Jose. But I like Jose Bautista <laughs> as an outfielder, just like I like him as a base runner, in that he's like, he doesn't, he's very, he's cavalier. <laughs> he is a little bit. Yeah. On the base pass, he's a lunatic. And I think it's great, because the majority of the time... This is all just coded racism, isn't 50% it? 50% of the time it works every time. No, it's not coded racism. He's a crazy person it's on the basis. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. for most of the time, it's fine. I, I got no problem with it. He, he makes outs, which, you know, guys make outs, but... Yeah. But, the, but I feel like right now, when, this, when Navarro's ready to come back, the season, not the season... There's going to be a lot of roster manipulation that's going to need to happen unless Bautista can get back out in the outfield. Already, already started. I don't know what will happen by the time the podcast is done. But Scott Copeland went down, uh, which was news to me because uh, oh, Scott Copeland was yeah, in the I didn't bullpen. know he was yeah. around. Yeah, his name isn't Aaron Loop. I didn't know he got just this. not getting used at all. Yeah. Get, you know, I don't know. Maybe the situation never called for it. Uh, I don't know. That's a bit of a mess too. The bullpen? Yeah. We've been over that. Yeah. I'm done with the bullpen for now. There's nothing. I just, I still would like to, you know, obviously another arm would be very nice. We talked with the Tao about swallowing all our hatred and disdain and being okay with Jonathan Papelbon. Um, I think that would probably take up a lot of whatever money they might have left, so I don't know how great an idea that is. Uh, I mean, it means no more Carlos Gomez, obviously. Mm, um, bro- broken hearts. <laughs> I'd still, I still, I mentioned this last, you know, fuck, just, I'd like to see Brett Cecil pitch more than once every, you know. Maybe you go knocking. Hey, Billy Bean. <laughs> yeah. How you doing? Heard your, uh, Tyler, <laughs> Tyler Clippard's a little bit of a free agent there, bud. Heard your team's garbage. Your team is reason. hot trash. Yeah. And Tyler Clippard's a free agent at the end of the year. 
So maybe you want to talk about giving him it's you, another kind of. Experience. You had to give up a starting shortstop to get him, <laughs> yeah. like a legitimate starting shortstop in the big leagues. But uh, this is like a rental. So maybe you go knock on that door. Hey, he knows rentals. That doesn't. They don't cost as much uh, as the as the guys with fucking years of control left. That's for sure. Because there aren't any other good relievers, and there aren't any teams that are so bad as to be out of it officially. This is true. I mean, but, uh, you're gonna go call. You're gonna go call the. Uh, I mean, call the call the Rockies asking about John Axford. Should have caught him in the first place. You should have. Yeah. Maybe uh, Jonathan Broxton. He's he's been. I think he's been better than his numbers suggest. Jeremy Jeffries. That'd be nice. Oh, God. There you go. I don't know. It's they got to do something, and because that that frees up your boy. Brett Cecil. Maybe Steve Cecek. Cecek? It would be nice. It would be nice if they did something, wouldn't it? It'd be cool if, if you want to get Steve Cecek or anyone from the Marlins, you don't call the front office, call the dugout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> call on the bullpen phone and ask if you could trade for one of the guys. Uh, that is insanity. But yeah, I mean, they, you know, they just, yeah, they need an arm back there. They need uh, an outfielder who isn't garbage. Uh you know Saunders when he eventually comes back, if he is, his career isn't over, which or if he's not garbage, yeah, well he can't. I mean, th- don't th- th- you were gonna say idiots? You were gonna say something about idiots. I wasn't. No, idiots are like, oh, his career's over. Oh. I don't know if his career's over. Maybe he's not that good. I would. How, how? Why would your opinion of him change from what we've seen of him this year? What have you seen of him this year? Nothing. That's what, what I have mean. you seen of him many times well, over? That's. I mean, that's not a. That's not a testament to his, uh, to the quality of his play per se. Though, <laughs> though, if you look at that, it's not really all that great either. Maybe I want to trade for Carter Caps. That's like that's a good idea from uh, the Marlins. He's too good. Uh, he's the guy that does that weird jump. In. Trade for anyway? Fuck. I mean, we're getting to the we're getting to the point. There's you know teams are making trades. You know, Anthopolis is always like, oh you know after the draft that's when it heats up and it's like okay I buy that. No, before the draft. Now, use your slots. Use your little draft slot things. Yeah. Comp slots, whatever they're called. Trade them. Get in there. Trade it up. It's time. It's time. It's to, time. It's time to get Ben Revere. No, not time to get Ben <laughs> Revere. Not that time whatsoever. I'm, I would stick with Carlos Gomez. Uh, yeah. Good luck with the that. The Mets are making room for Carlos Gomez anyway. They yeah. traded Kirk Newenhouse. Oh, uh, well. There you go. Juan Lagares is going to play, I don't know, left field. Maybe they should trade... Darno and Syndergaard for him. I think the Jay should go out and try and get uh, Eric Thames, bring him back from, from Korea. He's got like 1,200 OPS for he, two straight years. Could he be worse than some of what they've been running out there? Uh, I, I don't mind Tolleson and Valencia as I like Tolleson. I, <laughs> like I like those guys as utility guys, but that utility, like, utility guys don't play right field. Yeah. Right field is like, right field is uh, canary in the mine more than it is utility. Yeah. Not to be the gloom and doom, because I'm not gloom and doomy. And it's like, it, yeah, it's just, it is. It's frustrating. I mean, and as awesome, awesome as it was to to be sitting in the stadium this weekend, hear the PA announcers announce Russell Martin has moved out to second base. Be like, wait a second, did I just hear what I think I heard? And and watch, you know, have that whole thing go down. That was outstanding. It's also like Jesus. Like, really, we have to play Martin at second base here. Like, <laughs> like, really, is this what we've used all of our infielders in the outfield? So, one of them has a bit of a tweak in his knee, and now Martin is playing second base. Like, 
he might legitimately have to turn a double play. He might have someone like sliding into him, which I guess I guess catchers historically have been able to uh, to withstand that sort of thing. But it's I don't know. It does it does not <laughs> it does not reflect well on uh, what eh, things happen. Are. Things happen, and I like it because Russell Martin is very athletic. Indeed, he is. Oh, it was fantastic, but it just you know. I think it underlines. Would you say some it of the problems. augurs well? I don't think it does. Augur you don't think well. it does augur no, well? It's auguring no. is not of the well variety. I think this is uh, the end of this podcast is not auguring well for Fair the enough. for people listening to it all the way to this point. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna wrap it up. We're gonna be done. Uh, no parting shots this week. We're gonna we're gonna hold those close to the vest and uh, only deploy them when we really need them or when there's someone else here. Maybe yeah. Maybe that's like a three man job, three person. Yeah, this one's getting a little long. This so. one's getting a little long. Yeah. Uh, so thank you again. Hit us up on, on iTunes, of course. Rate and review. Hit read up on AndrewStoughton.com. Uh, GhostRunnerFirst.com. You might find some fresh new content yeah. there. And uh, if you have any questions or, or, or comments or if there's anybody you'd like to see us bring on, we'll always do our best if the you know, reality doesn't stand in the way. Uh, hit it in the comment section here or email. What's your email address? Just Stoughton. Stoughton at Gmail. Stoughton yeah. at Gmail. Or hit me, Drew, at ghostrunnerfirst.com. But don't email me. Hit me on Twitter. Yeah. I, oh, you don't check? You never check your email. I have emails from like six weeks ago that I'm like, I, I got to do that. Tweet at him at Andrew Stoughton. Tweet at me <laughs> at Drew Groff. Uh, but most of all, thank you for listening. Thank you for contributing. And we really appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time on Birds All Day. <laughs>